Welcome to the Catalyst Health and Wellness Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Cooper, but today I'm actually going to be in a little different role, that of someone being coached. We have nationally board certified Susan McGarry, who's been willing to do this right in front of you. So you can get a sense of how coaching actually works, a real coaching session, or if you're an experienced coach, maybe pick up a couple new ideas. Now, a few items before we start. First of all, very importantly, this is not scripted. Susan and I did not talk this through. We did not plan it. We didn't even have the general topic we were going to discuss. She drew that out of me during the session. Secondly, please treat this as it's intended. It is not meant to be the perfect example of a perfect coaching session. It's meant to be a peek into a real coaching session with real people. And we're grateful to Susan for her willingness to do this live. I'm also going to ask for your grace personally, as you'll hear me share some things I normally wouldn't do publicly. But we thought it'd be helpful for you as our listeners. And I'll tell you, for me personally, as the person being coached, incredibly beneficial. I don't know if you'll sense that as you listen, but the transition that takes place in this very brief coaching session was powerful and is going to be incredibly beneficial as I move forward in this one area that we talk about. So with that, let's get started on the next episode of the Catalyst Health and Wellness Coaching Podcast. Hi, Brad. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, ready for my coaching. Maybe a little bit nervous, but let's see how it goes. Well, I'm excited. What would you like to talk about today, wellness-wise? You know, I'm kind of a blank slate. I don't have a specific thing in mind. Yeah, just maybe guide me down a path and let's see what we what we come up with. Okay, wonderful. Well, before we do that, do you want me to share with you um, a little bit about some things that we could talk about? Yeah, that, that'd be good. I think it'd be helpful just since I'm coming in without a preconceived notion of any sort. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, so some different wellness topics could be, um, of course, you know, exercise, nutrition, and weight management, which is physical. But we could also talk about things such as sleep. Um, we could talk about social interactions, relationships. We could talk about um, medical preventative. We could talk about life balance. Um, anything that you've thought about recently that would improve your overall quality of life? I think I could use help in all of those. Um, okay. <laughs> I think, you know, one, one of the things that I've noticed over the years is, is my, when I have a clear plan as far as training for something on the physical side, so a race on the calendar or some specific goal I'm wanting to hit in a certain type of event, that seems to be the catalyst that drives everything else and not everything else, but a lot of other things. So my, my eating gets better. My sleeping gets more focused. My, my training sessions are clearly better. I'm not just punching the clock. I'm actually have some purpose for it. So, so maybe, I don't know, this is kind of that fun time of year that I'm, I'm, I always kind of look ahead to the next year. So maybe kind of thinking through a plan for 2019. Okay. Okay. So you're saying that one thing that you really value is um, being in good shape, being in good health. 
And one thing that helps to drive that is to have an event like, for example, you know, a triathlon or a run or a swim or something that you can train for that helps to continue to motivate you um, to do all those things that you, you want to do to optimize your wellness. Yes. That, yeah, that's accurate. If if I've got that thing that I am in most cases really dialed in when I don't have that, that target, that goal, I'll still put in the time, but the energy around it and the focus of it. And frankly, the outcome is nowhere near where it is when I've got that, that specific target in front of me. Okay, good. And it sounds like that's really important to you too, to do your best at whatever you choose to do. It, it, it is. It is. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So you're, you're talking about 2019 and something that you want to look forward to, to help keep you on track. Um, and, and I believe what I'm hearing is that it's, is focused around exercise. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that, that's probably a good route to kind of focus on today. I've got chunks of my life pre-committed. So obviously work is set. I, you know, it's very important to me. I enjoy what I'm doing and it's a large amount of time. And then I've, I've got about a little less than two years left in the PhD that I'm, I'm going through right now. And so that's a set amount of time and same thing, enjoy it, that kind of stuff. But those are important, but almost preset. And so one of the areas I feel like I can work on identifying some specifics around would be what I want to do. Like, like this year, my goal was to run a 450 mile and a, a 247 marathon in the same year. And mm. I had a foot injury and, and, you know, maybe we can talk about that a little bit that affected that, but it was still for most of the year, that was my driver and it was fun. And, and even though I, I wasn't able to hit, I, I peaked out at a 458 before I hurt my foot on the mile. And, and so even though I wasn't able to hit it, it was still fun. Looking back, I don't regret having that because it was really fun pursuing that and having that driver. And it did keep me in shape and, and focus and that kind of stuff. And so I'd like to, I don't have any, I don't have that for next year. Next year is almost a transition year where, you know, long-term, my hope is if my body responds appropriately and life doesn't throw any huge curveballs, I'd like to go back and compete at the Hawaii Ironman World Championship in 2021, which means I need to qualify the end of 2020. So next year, I don't have anything knocking on my door saying, you got to get ready, you got to get ready, you got to get ready. But at the same time, I do have some thoughts about kind of two years down the road. And if I just kick back, put up my feet and do, and do almost nothing for the year, then, then I'm in big trouble because while I'm not going to really train for the Ironman for a year and a half, the bone structure needs to be prepped, the, you know, the ligaments, the training, you don't, you don't want to lose it. I've always said it's easier to stay in shape than to get in shape. And so I don't mm. want to totally lose it. I won't be in Ironman shape, but I don't want to drop off the map and have to really start over. So so I think I'm I'm kind of looking long term, but I don't have yeah. any of those things for next year specific that that kind of fill that gap in the meantime, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Wow. You are quite the competitor. And it sounds like, you know, the other thing I'm hearing and and I love to hear this in your voice is that you do love the journey. Even though you love the goal, 
you do enjoy the journey of, of getting to the goal as far as exercise is concerned, which is, which is so totally cool and exciting. So with that, I mean, what are, what types of things have you thought about, you know, making this fun, prepping for a year and a half away that would be good for you and, and help you get to that mark while enjoying it? Yeah. And that's probably where I'm looking for some help. I, I'm not sure. I mean, my original thought was since I did have the foot injury before I was able to get that marathon under my belt and. Oh man, I was feeling so good. I was, it was pretty disappointing. But so my thought was, well, I could schedule a marathon for next year. But, but I don't, I don't know if that's the best route. My, I don't think you know this about me. My MO on the injury front is I've got a, some mechanical things in my foot or, or lack of something. I've tried everything under the sun. And if anybody's listening to this, please do not email me with your solution. <laughs> but I, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, it's like, Every year, I I hurt my foot in some way, and I've tried. I'm a physical therapist, for goodness sake. I know the right answers. I know who to call, you know, all that kind of stuff. But in spite of all that, it keeps happening. And so in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I, 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 yeah, I want to do something, but is there, is there anything I could do that would I, – I, I don't know, Susan. One of the things I've thought about is, is would a, a reasonable goal be to – make 2019 be like the injury free year or no injury reserve year or no forced rest or I, I don't know, but that, I don't know if that makes sense or not. I, I, that doesn't sound like a goal. That's an avoidance thing. So that, that's huh. not motivating avoiding injury. That's like, that's just an, you know, who cares? It's, it's important, but there's gotta be something more. So that's what I'm trying to get my arms around. Okay. So you don't like the word. Okay. So you, you've had an injury, um, in the past and, it sounds like it's a pattern. It's a, it happens over and over and over. Yeah. And like you said, you're a physical therapist, you know, pretty, I mean, it sounds like you're telling me that you know how, why this happens to a point. Do I mean, okay. So yeah. So I mean, what, what are your thoughts about, so, so I'm hearing two things. Okay. I'm hearing one thing, um, that you get this injury every year. Um, you know, in the back of your mind, it sounds like that there's something you can do to, to, to the word that you don't like is avoid it. Right. <laughs> the other thing I'm hearing is that you, that's not something that motivates you is to avoid something. Right. What motivates you is to look forward to something. Just flip that around. Right. So with that, thinking about the why, if you will, what is it that you think is happening? Um, and it could be a myriad of different things that's causing this injury and this pattern to happen year after year after year. Uh, oh man, I think we need a counselor in with the coaching here. Um, I think. Yeah, I'll just throw a few things out and maybe something will resonate or you can help me find something in here. I think part of it is I'm, so I'm 52 years old. I don't think age is an excuse. I, I hate it when people say, well, you know, yeah, I know. But most of the, if you look at the research on the top athletes, most of the drop off is because we stop doing intervals. We stop lifting weights. We stop doing the high intensity tempo stuff. And so I, I don't want to use that as an excuse. With that said, 
100 miles a week is not realistic anymore as a runner. Um, 80 miles a week probably isn't. But I've got these preconceived notions from long ago and far away that I just run a lot better when I'm up at 70, 75, 80 miles a week. And so even though I've had those constant foot injuries, I'm well, I think part of the problem is I'm an eternal optimist. I always think, well, this year it's not going to happen. And so I'll get up to 60 and I'll be like, okay, I feel good at 60. So let's just try 70. Let's just throw in that 18 mile tempo run on the cement and see what, you know, it's just, it's not the wisest of decisions based on my history. An outsider would look at it and say, maybe that's not the best thing to do. And then get speaking of counseling, you, you add that to frankly, probably a lack of confidence. I think part of the reason that I insist on doing the high mileage and some of the psychotic workouts is I I'm not sure I'm ready to race the way I want to race. And so it's like, I have to prove it to myself over and over and over. And so it's probably a combination of those things of optimistic that it's not going to happen this year, even though it has for the past five years <laughs> and lack of confidence that in order to build my confidence, I'll do this crazy thing. And then I'll, then I'll be confident. Well, I'm only confident for a week until I do the next one. And, and so it's a repeating issue. Okay. So you're saying that, um, the more is better mentality has worked for you forever. You don't want to admit now that it it may not be the best thing for you. Yeah. And we probably need to put really big quote marks around the word works that it's worked for me in the past. I mean, I look back and this is unrelated, but completely related. I look back to when I was undergrad doing, you know, biology major and I would do stupid stuff like type out all my notes again. I mean, it wasn't stupid. Like I should have been out partying instead, but it was stupid in terms of there were much smarter ways to study, much better ways to use my time than to sit. And here's dating myself. This was with the old school computer. So I literally had a piece of paper, the little white, white out race, erase stuff. And I would type out my notes. Well, that's not the best use of time, but it made me feel better feeling like, well, but if I study 40 hours and everybody else in the class only studies 20 in the back of my mind, I should have said, but they're studying a lot smarter than you are. Maybe it'll make a difference. And I think that's been a repeating process, whether it's school or athletics or running a business or anything that, and maybe it's again, the confidence thing. If I work more, it'll, it'll pay off. Well, fact of the matter is if you work better, work smarter, maybe you get better results. And so so I don't know if it's worked. I mean, life is pretty good, but could it, could I have been more effective? Could I have been faster? Could I have been a better student? Had I been smarter versus simply put in more hours, which kind of is my traditional approach. Okay. So smarter versus longer hours of prep. So with that, what do you think would happen if you use this different mentality in training, um, moving forward. Cause we're talking about 2019. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts about that? Changing that up and thinking, huh? Okay. Instead of working, you know, longer, working more, more hours, more miles, 
what what are your thoughts about saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to figure out a way to work better and smarter this time and know that, huh, maybe this will work. Maybe this won't. It's something I'm going to try. But since over the past five years, you've seen this injury crop up when you've been doing it the way you've always done it before. What are your thoughts about trying something a little different? Yeah, it it makes sense logically. I think where my struggle is would be I like the word settling comes to mind for some reason. I hate the word settling. Like, tell okay, me about we'll just that. Settle for this. Settle for that. Tell me a little bit more well, about that. What about? I mean, so flipping it around. I mean, what about this not being settling? What about I'm not settling? I'm actually taking care of my body so that I can get better results versus being pushed back because I have an injury. What about, <laughs> what about flipping it around again and saying, instead of settling, this is going to be better so that maybe when I'm 80 years old, I can compete in a half marathon or a marathon because I will not have overuse injuries after overuse injuries. What are your thoughts about that? It's a tough one. Um, it, it's hard for me. I, I think the struggle I'm having, because everything you say, I would agree with you on paper. I can, you know, <laughs> we're having a logical discussion. I like your honesty, by the way. Oddly <laughs> enough, <laughs> life is not very logical. We tend to be pretty emotional characters, regardless of our background. But uh, I think my initial response is I could do that if I shut off the competitive piece. If I just said, yeah, let's join a gym. Susan and I will play racquetball once a week. We'll get out and hit, hit the tennis ball. And almost like if I chose to take the competitive piece and just, or the racing piece and just set it over to the side, I could probably do that. But then I haven't fixed that. How do I keep that drive? Because then the drive's gone. Then it's almost checking the box. Right. Well, or treating it as just playtime versus training time. And I've always loved training time. I love the high intensity stuff. Right. And I'm hearing that that's, that's who you are, that you're, you're a competitor. I enjoy that part. Definitely. Yes. So with that though, how can you reframe shift perspective so that you can still compete, but not create um, situations where you are getting overuse injuries, which is what I'm hearing from the foot injury and the running. What is it that you want to accomplish as far as the running is concerned? And then how can you do it differently? So those are two questions. So <laughs> yeah, let's no, see. Those are really good. Yeah. So, um, so what is your overall goal? What do you want to accomplish um, exercise wise that uses your foot, <laughs> you know, over the next year and a half? So I know I want to prepare the body or allow the body to be ready to train seriously in you know a year and a half, two years. So that's part A. And then I'd like to compete. And as you're asking those questions, I'm I'm starting to think. So the mileage for me is closely tied to marathon training. So there's something about the marathon that I feel like I need to be in that. 70 plus mile range with all the track workouts and temple runs, that kind of stuff worked in. I'm wondering if, if I could come up with some alternative, if I were to take the marathon off the table, 
then maybe there'd be some, I don't know, maybe, maybe doing that and focusing on, I don't know, a series of half marathons or, or something like that would, would then allow me to take the mileage and put some sort of cap on it and say, okay, these injuries seem to happen when you're at 50 plus or 60 plus miles a week. So let's see what we can do under 60. Like, let's put a cap on it. You're not allowed to go over 60. But since we're not training for a marathon, we're training for a half marathon. Maybe that's, I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. Okay. So you're saying you're willing to look at um, possibly decreasing mileage, um, decreasing miles as far as your races are concerned, as far as a half marathon, and and willing to decrease that so that so that possibly you could um, still be able to run the marathon well, but but not have an injury or try it anyway is what you're saying. Well, I. Th- I think almost what I need to do is take the marathon off the table. Okay. Okay. And say, I'm, I'm not barring my, like Danielle wants to do Vegas at some point together. And so if she decided next year's the year, then I'd probably not, I'd probably be like, okay, yeah, cool. Let's do it together. Or, you know, Josh and I, I think at some point we'd like to do Boston or Tokyo or one of the, 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 you know, big world marathons together. And so if he wanted to do that, I, also would be like, okay, you know, you don't get these chances with your kids very often. So, but barring that, I don't have a reason why I really strongly desire doing a marathon next year. So maybe as I'm talking this through with you, maybe I could make a goal of picking out, you know, two or three half marathons, but treat them really seriously. Sure. But because they're a half, there's something about the marathon. There's like the siren's call that pulls me up to 70, 80 and makes me say, Oh no, this will be the year. But maybe if it's a half, I could say, and we're not going over 60 miles or we're not going over 50 or, you know, some version of that. And then actually, as I'm actually, this could be like double benefit. Cause as I'm talking this through with you, I'm thinking if I could show myself that I could run really well, you know, maybe I won't, but let's, let's say best case scenario, I end up going out and running a 118 half on 50 miles a week, then that might provide extra confidence slash experience for when I get back into the Ironman stuff to say, maybe you don't need to train as many miles mm. on the run. Maybe you can back it back down to 35. So, you know, I, when I, when we first started the conversation, I was saying next year's kind of a preparation year, kind of a getting ready for future stuff as, as the PhD gets closer and closer to being done. And, so maybe this could have a secondary benefit of not just staying healthy and not feeling like not just feeling like I can really go after it but then if that works it's a good life lesson for future training the ironman hopes sure of getting back into that that you know what maybe you could just run 35 miles a week with your you know more biking and swimming and and still go nine and a half hours for the Ironman at Kona or something. So, I, I, man, that, that could be, there could be some extra benefit to that if I can get this teed up. Well, and, and, you know, I think too, what I'm hearing is that it's, it's a mindset for you. Um, it's that, 
being uncomfortable and not as confident with switching up what you've done before and how you've done things before. With mm-hmm. that, have you ever done anything else in any other area of your life where you have backed off a little bit and reaped the benefits? Oh, um, I mean, it, I don't know if it's totally answering your question, but um, when I started the PhD, it simply didn't fit into life the way life was. So I had to sit down and figure out where's this extra 20, 25 hours a week going to come from. And the obvious answer was, let's put Iron Man on the side for, you know, the four years that we're doing this. So maybe that's an example where, and it's been really nice because mm. I haven't felt the pressure. I'm not, I'm not up at, you know, four thirty or five every morning, gotta be on the bike within 10 minutes of being out of the bed and got to get to the pool. And it's, 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 been a good thing. It's kind of filled up all the same hours, but I haven't tried to add further to what was already being scheduled. So work hasn't suffered. Marriage hasn't suffered. We're empty nesters. So I did also have the advantage of the kids all being away at college or, or living their lives in different areas where they're working. So I probably got reaped a little bit of time benefit from not having gymnastics and cross country meets and that kind of thing. But so, yeah, I guess so. A little bit in that where I said, okay, let's just Pull, pull back in this area, add over here, but not try to add on top of adding. So, and, and it's been, there's been some stressful times because it's still a PhD program, but overall it's been, been pretty good. So it was uncomfortable. It's been uncomfortable here and there. However, it sounds like that there's still been similar success as to if you had pushed yourself further and maybe more success. You just don't know, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I think I've enjoyed the last year uh, okay. as I've changed that up and it, it's almost been freeing. Well, actually, maybe it's a really good question. So it's almost been freeing that, that we're just automatically came to make that decision. I, I don't feel any, any zero pressure to be like, Oh, but you got to qualify for Kona again or you got to, you know, finish second in the nationals or, or whatever. It's like off the table. Like I'm not even looking at it. Like I have no, yeah, every once in a while I'm like, oh man, I wish I were doing that race next weekend. But most, almost 100% of the time I'm like, oh, this is really nice. You know, just taking four years off and good to go. And then I'm excited about jumping back in and hopefully that works out. So, so yeah, it has been kind of freeing. 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 I like that word. So it's been freeing and, and it's been positive is, is yeah the result. Yeah, it has. So what are your thoughts yeah. about, you know, it, because it, again, I hear the hesitancy to kind of change up what you've done in the past. And it sounds like what you're contemplating is, do I take the marathon off the table with my training for 2019 and really focus on what I love, which is competing and competing the best I can in a half marathon? Okay, so we've talked a lot about your mindset and the way you think about things, and you really want to focus on how you can look at things a bit differently as far as your training is concerned with running regarding your injury moving forward through this year in 2019. So with that being said, you know, we've talked a little bit about the, you know, more is better, Brad, where you are running the 70 to 80 
miles a mm-hmm. week for your marathons. And then we've been talking a little bit, you know, we've been talking just, just now about how maybe less is more, less is better as far as training is concerned and, and how that feels and what that would look like. So what are your thoughts about what you want to do? You know, that's always been a hard one for me, but as you were saying that, it kind of, I think it might have sparked something. So my problem is this whole idea of settling. I, I, I hate that idea. I hate it when people use the word, I'm fine, or it's fine. It's like, well, why? You know, when our, our kids growing mm-hmm. up, if they said, you know, I'd say, how you doing, Ashley or Josh or Daniel or whatever. And if they said, I'm fine, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you break your arm? I, you have this wonderful life. How could you be fine? That's impossible. So I hate to do the same thing in my life. So when I think of like, well, let's just settle for this, for that, you know, it's like, ugh, ugh, that doesn't sound very good. But something you said sparked something. And maybe just walk through this with me and see if this makes sense. And then maybe I can figure out how to do it. But what if I stopped compare, almost did an experiment. And I think that experiment might take the pressure off because instead of saying, let's run the fastest possible marathon or half marathon or whatever that you can, let's do an experiment and see what's the fastest possible half marathon you can run on X and X being 50 miles or 55, but definitely a hard stop at 60, but somewhere under 60. And so then it's like it changes the discussion because instead of me being fine, well, I guess I'll just do 50. I guess I'll just do 50. It's a totally different (laughs) conversation of, no, it's not what can we do on 55. It's what's the best we can do with 55 miles. What's the best version of Brad at 55? And then if that works, it changes the conversation or the plan for if I do have an opportunity to go back and race Ironman, that may build some of that confidence and some of the other stuff that is lacking now that allows me to train for the Ironman at maybe 35 miles a week or 40 instead of that 50 or 55. So that's, that could be, that could be pretty cool, Susan. That's awesome. So you're saying you want to, it's, it's more shifting it and saying, this is something to try. This is an experiment and it's, it's still moving forward, right? Because if this works awesome, then it might work awesome yeah, for something else. Yeah, it's still going for the, um, yeah, and that's yeah. Exciting. I think the difference between what I started, when I started this conversation thinking, well, I guess I could just try not to run very much. It's, it's, it's a different conversation. It's no, 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 no. You're going to be the best version of Brad you can possibly be at 50 miles or less a week or 55 or less a week, whatever that number is, instead of just saying the best version of Brad possible and it keeps resulting in an injury. So obviously that's not a great version of Brad. What could, how could you compete against the bet? How could you reset the, the dial with this new, maybe even fun caveat of 50 miles, 55 miles. So that's super helpful. Thank you. Sure. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you're redefining it. And, and I, I love your, the, everything that you're thinking through and, and, you know, and all that you're putting into understanding where you're coming from and what's best for you. And that's fantastic. Well, good. So it sounds like overall, what you're saying is that you want to redefine uh, your training and look at it in an exciting experiment so that you can try this 50 miles a week and yeah, see it's what almost- happens picking a different race distance. It's almost instead of racing 13.1, I'm racing 11 or 14 or, you know, it's like a new event because instead of being unlimited mileage to run the half marathon or the marathon, it's, hey, instead of being this path or this trail, 
Instead, it's this limit. You're not, you're going to become the best you can at this 55 or whatever it is miles. So, so yeah, so thank you very much. Super helpful and uh, really appreciate it. So there's an example of a coaching session. And I emphasize a coaching session because as those of you who are coaching now know very well, every session is unique because you have two unique individuals on each end of the conversation. And the way that path develops as you progress, it's pretty fascinating. You heard what happened here. They started off talking about physical or or fitness or racing, and they wrapped it up on that. But that wasn't what the conversation was about at all, was it? No, it was the emotional, it was the mental, it was the, the, the focal area, the things that drove other aspects. That's the conversation. And, and that's what you're going to find is the magic of coaching. The client will come to you with a topic or you'll start down the path with one topic. And as you continue to discuss it together, as you use the coaching skills that you've garnered, you're going to go down fresh new paths. You're going to open up fresh new doors. And that's what I felt like happened in this one. Like I said, it, it was not scripted. We just jumped in and saw where it went. But that was, a, that was a big breakthrough for me. We recorded this about a week ago, and I've been thinking the last several days, it's just opened up new ideas and kind of created some excitement for 2019 in this area that I hadn't, frankly, figured out yet. Now, a little side note to this. The area we talked about may have been of absolutely no interest to you. In fact, you might have listened to it and said, that's his issue, really? Yeah, that is my issue. It's one of many, but the one that we went through. And that's one of the things that's really important for coaches to keep in mind is it's the other person's journey. Susan didn't take me down the journey she thought I should pursue. She helped me develop, discover, and create my journey. So we hope this was helpful. Again, special, special thanks to Susan for her willingness to do this publicly. Thank you to you. As always, say this every time, and I hope I always remember to say it, for being a part of this thing. You're sending us ideas. You're sharing the podcast. You're listening, and we appreciate it. You can always access additional resources at CatalystCoachingInstitute.com, or you can email us either questions or suggestions for future podcasts to results at CatalystCoachingInstitute.com. We'll talk with you soon on the next episode of the Catalyst Health and Wellness Coaching Podcast. In the meantime, keep optimizing reality and make it a great day.